0: I regard mystical intuition as being true intuition, because this is intuition that comes from source. This is divine intuition. This is truly mystical intuition. And this is the intuition that takes you into the unknown. It leads to true discovery, to true creativity, to expansiveness.
1: You are now listening to the Soul & Wonder Podcast, Episode 64, Unlocking and Unleashing Intuition with Bill Bennett. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah.
2: Welcome to the Soul & Wonder Podcast. We are your hosts and wow, what an amazing person we got to interview today. Bill Bennett. He's a writer, a producer, and director of feature films and documentaries. And today we're going to talk all about intuition, but I just wanted to share first a sort of behind the scenes. So as you guys found out, if you caught our last episode, we are pregnant. Which is super exciting, but the first trimester, for those of you who've been through it, know how difficult it can be. And before Bill came on our show, I was just dragging ass, like I felt like complete shit. To be completely honest, full disclosure, I was not in the best of mood, mood swings, all kinds of things, and I was just down in the dumps, low energy, just wanting to sleep. But then, you know, I'm dragging my feet to the computer to get on the interview, and as soon as Bill hopped on, the energy just shifted. He is such a pleasant, pleasant man with amazing knowledge and wisdom to share on the topic of intuition and growth in general, and we just had such a great time. Immediately, my mood was elevated. Immediately, we all connected and dove super, super deep into this topic, so To give you a little bit of idea of who Bill is, he, like I said, is a writer, producer, and director of feature films and documentaries. And in a career spanning more than 30 years, he's made 16 feature films. That's crazy. 16. Four dramatized documentaries and five feature-length documentaries. And most recently, he's made a widely acclaimed film on intuition called PGS. Intuition is your personal guidance system. Bill Bennett is also an author. Penguin Random House is currently publishing his young adult trilogy of supernatural thrillers, Palace of Fires. Gonna have to get my hands on that, that's for sure. And in this episode, Bill shares the groundbreaking event, which nearly cost him his life, an event that triggered his questioning of intuition and sent him on a journey of self-discovery, a journey that he chose thankfully, to share with the world through his film, PGS. He shares in this interview, the key lessons he's learned from interviewing experts in the field of intuition on his documentary. And he takes the time to really break down what intuition is, giving practical tips to help you strengthen your own intuitive connection. Now, I really enjoyed this conversation because it felt like the three of us were just sitting down at a table having some tea and a chat. We go in and out of a wide variety of inspirational topics, having a conscious conversation on things like fear and other things that might be holding you back from realizing your full potential. So I hope that you guys have fun with this interview. You're going to learn a lot and you'll be leaving this interview with a lot of things to think about. So enjoy. Welcome back, wonderful souls. And now we've got Bill with us. Bill, welcome to the Soul & Wonder podcast.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Lovely to be here.
2: We're really excited to bring you on to talk about intuition. Um, You know, your latest film called PGS Intuition's Your Personal Guidance System really highlights the ins and outs of intuition and what that is. Um, But you have a really interesting story that got you started on this process. And so in the beginning of the movie, you share an event that happened, a voice that saved your life. So what exactly happened?
0: What happened was that I was in New Orleans at the time, this is going back now several years, I was driving to the airport. It was early in the morning. It was before dawn. It was dark. The streets were empty. And I was approaching an intersection that had a green light up ahead and I went to speed up to get through on the green light. I was running late for my flight. I was going to the airport. And as I did, as I went to speed up, I heard a voice which said, slow down. Well, I ignored it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I thought, what was that? Um, I again went to speed up, and the voice kicked in a second time, more emphatically the second time, said the same thing, slow down. I did slow down. As I entered the intersection, a huge truck came out of nowhere, running a red light on a cross street, hurtled through the intersection, narrowly missed me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and lit- literally I You know, once I'd seen it, I'd then slam on the brakes and so forth. But if, if I hadn't heard that voice and if I hadn't reacted to that voice, that truck would have killed me. And that mm. was really the start of the film. Um, I pulled over to the side of the road after I got through the intersection. I was really shaken. Um, and I began to wonder what was that voice. And I really had three questions. What was the voice? Where did it come from? And why did, my, why did it save my life? And those three questions really were the driving force then for me several years later to begin to make the film.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm And what did that voice sound like? Did it Was it in your head or did it sound as though someone sitting right next to you screamed it at you?
0: It's a really good question, Sarah, and I've been trying to kind of analyze that in, uh, and this happened almost 18 years ago now, um, that voice, but... Really the best way I can describe it is, you know, when you put earbuds in, you know, when you're listening to um, music uh, on an Mm. iPhone or whatever, um, where you can't really locate the sound, it's both inside you and outside you? That's Mm -hmm. really probably the only description I can say. It was I couldn't locate it. Um, It was both inside me and outside me. Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I think, you know, it's really important that you really brought this to the table. And obviously, you've dedicated a whole film to this topic of intuition. I think it's a topic that, you know, a lot of people like to talk about. Um, A lot of people hear the same voice that you may have heard, um, guiding them on their path and their journey or stopping them from something tragic happening or whatever it is. And I think people have a ton of questions regarding this. So first, I want to say how instrumental the film is to really. really take it to a beginner's level and really start to address these questions that I know everybody is asking. And so when you started this film, would you have considered yourself a believer or a skeptic in regards to this whole realm of intuition and spirituality?
0: I was, (laughs) I was a total skeptic, Chris. (laughs) Um, And you know, it's funny because I, I, both my parents were dentists. Um, in fact, I, uh, when I uh, finished high school, I went into med school. I studied for a couple of years to be a doctor. So I was brought up very much with an evidence-based way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I dropped out of med school and shifted across to journalism, and that only reinforced really my, my need for proof to, to justify things. That's, that's what I spent 12 years as a journalist Training at the ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, and so I came to this with a level of scepticism, but I knew really that uh, a couple of things. I, I didn't want to kind of make a BBC documentary about it. I didn't want it to be. Um, I didn't want it to be fair. I didn't want it to be balanced. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I wanted it to be. Um, I wanted to be from a particular point of view, from my point of view. And so, for that really to work, I needed to keep an open mind. And really, what happened during the three years of filming, and then really about two years of editing subsequently, things changed. I met some extraordinary people. Um, I mean, we can talk later on about how I made the film intuitively, but in the meeting of the people that I, that some of some of the extraordinary people that I met, like. Carolyn Mace, James Van Praag, Paul Sillig, um, Lee Carroll, these people. You sit behind the camera and you ask them questions and you listen to them. And if you are prepared to keep an open mind, it has to change you. It has to change your way of thinking. And it just opened up the top of my head, to be quite frank. Um, Mm -hmm. It really did. Along with the interviews, I was also constantly researching and reading and so forth. Um, and it didn't take long for me to realize that there is another aspect to our reality that most people aren't even aware of. And I'm astonished, in fact, that more people aren't tuned into it. But, um, yeah, so I I shifted, (laughs) I shifted quite dramatically from being a skeptic to being a believer.
2: Why do you think people aren't more tuned into it?
0: One word, Sarah, fear.
1: Mm-hmm. fear.
0: I, I think fear. I think, you know, um, I think most people don't want to even think about it. They're in survival mode, as, as Lee Carroll through Cryon talks, you know, he used this term survival mode. You know, they're, they're battling to get through each day as best they can. Um, and concepts which don't really aid in that, they, they reject um, because it requires risk. It
1: mm-hmm. requires
0: some element of stepping into the unknown. And when it comes to survival mode, most people aren't prepared to do that, they only wish to do, deal with what's known.
1: Yeah, and I think that fear of the unknown is probably one of the greatest fears that humanity holds on to, at least from, you know, what I've experienced even myself and witnessing through others. And so, you know, you mentioned having conversations with um, the likes of Lee Carroll, Paul Selig, who we just had on the podcast, and James, uh, James von, Prague. von Prague, and all of these wonderful minds in the spiritual realm who have been at this for a while and even go as far as to say is maybe for a lot of people that are just entering this realm, maybe a little too woo-woo, quote unquote, as far as the channeling and all of that. Now, um, being and having these experiences with these incredible individuals, you know, what stood out to you the most in, in, in making this film and talking to them? Obviously, you just mentioned fear, but what else stood out to you?
0: That's a really good question, Chris. Let me think because, um, I mean, my my shift around has been really quite dramatic, uh, I've got to say. Um, and a lot of my friends now, in fact, I've lost friends because of this. Mm. Um, and a lot of the friends that I have retained, some some of them still don't quite believe <laughs> that I've done the shift that I have. Um I think probably the biggest thing that's really stood out for me is the notion of this veil and, you know, that we live within this veil and we believe that we are operating on a certain level of reality. But, in fact, there are dimensions around us that are so much bigger, so much more profound, that we just simply don't have any notion of. I mean, we talked about Paul Selig. Paul Selig's a remarkable man. Mm-hmm. Um, I was guided to his books. I read his books and, in fact, I had locked off the film at that point, uh, but I read Paul's books and I said to my partner, I have to go to New York and interview this fellow. And this was before Paul really became sort of popular and known, really, I guess. Um And we dropped everything and we flew to New York specifically to interview Paul Selle. Now, Paul, as you know, um, channels in such a way that he talks almost gobbledygook (laughs) (laughs) as, as, as the guides kick in and then he does his translation. And so we filmed this. I mean, this is the way that, you know, Paul talks really when you ask him a question and he refers to the guides. And it's very off-putting for some people. It scares the pants off them. You know, (laughs) there have been people who have seen the film and they say, oh, look, we love the movie, but we think Paul Selig's a fake. And I go, my God, all you've got to do is meet this man, be in his presence, understand his process, and you know that this is the real deal. Now, the reason they're saying that is because they can't understand it and it scares them. The notion that he could be connecting to another form of another realm where there are guides, spirit guides and masters and so forth that are informing him and through him are informing all of us. I mean, that's terrifying to a lot of people.
1: Mm.
0: You know, it really, it really cuts to the core of who they think they are, you know, because they think, as, as Paul says, they think in terms of their small self. Mm-hmm. You know, and that keeps, them, that keeps them nice and safe and contained and they don't have to think about the possibility of other realms. But those other realms are all around us and they can be accessed, as, you know, as Paul has been able to do. I wish mm-hmm. I could do that. I really do. Um, but you get these people like Paul, like James Van Praag, um, like, like Lee Carroll, who have this capacity... And through them, they are able to inform the rest of us who are at a point where we're ready to listen. A lot Mm -hmm. of people aren't ready to listen. You have to be ready. Um, And if you are ready, then a whole other world opens up to you.
2: And the beautiful thing is that if you're listening to this podcast now, you're likely already you've co-created this experience. So there's some degree of yourself that's ready to listen. And so, Bill, out of curiosity, because some people might be like, oh, wow, so wait, intuition, channeling, all of this. How can we bring this down to earth a little bit more for someone who might just be opening their curiosity for intuition, what would you even say is your personal definition of intuition?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, that sounds like a really simple question, but in fact it's really, really. <laughs> I mean, I it took me years to figure out what the bloody hell intuition is. I mean, you know, because I, I read all these books and you talk to people and so forth, and they say, oh, I had an intuitive moment, and it doesn't accord with what I believe intuition is. Um. It seems intuition is a kind of a, a broad catch-all word that is attributed to a lot, of, a lot of things. I mean, for instance, people think that the word intuition and instinct are interchangeable. They're not. They're vastly, vastly different. Um, you know, so what intuition is I think depends really on your worldview. The definition, I, in fact, had to coin my own definition for what intuition is for what happened to me in the car. And that is, intuition is a sudden, unexplained insight that comes unaided by logic, intellect or expertise. Now, that definition fitted what happened to me in the car when I heard a voice. But it doesn't fit, say, the definition of intuition that a CEO might use when he says he says he has a gut feeling and he makes a certain business decision based on that gut feeling. He says Mm -hmm. he's made an intuitive decision, but it's not. He's used his intellect. He's used his past experience and his knowledge of his business to make that informed decision. So in my definition, what he calls intuition, it doesn't fit my definition. And yet Mm -hmm. a lot of people know intuition as that kind of gut feeling, which which you see, I mean, I don't know whether we've got time for this, but I basically, through the course of making the film, came to realize that there are three, what I believe, there are three broad categories of intuition. Well, there's survival intuition, which is intuition which um, keeps the species alive. There's, and, and this is intuition which I believe comes from the body. There's cognitive intuition, which is based on past experience um, and expert knowledge. And that's intuition that I believe has come from, comes from the mind or the intellect. And then there's mystical intuition, which is intuition which is inexplicable, which comes from source, which comes from the divine, and ultimately comes from your soul. So these, I believe, are the three broad categories of intuition. And the definitions for intuition is, is a bit different according to each category. That's a really long <laughs> answer to your question,
2: there. <laughs> I love it, though, because you really do truly break that down with those definitions, because I think sometimes it can get a little muddy. Sometimes we're unsure how to differentiate between not just intuition and ego, but now even the different forms of intuition that you so eloquently expressed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, look, exactly. Um I regard mystical intuition as being true intuition because this is intuition that comes from source. This is divine intuition. This is um, this is truly mystical intuition, and this is the intuition that takes you into the unknown. Mm. It leads to true discovery, to true creativity, to expansiveness. Um, cognitive cognitive intuition is a legitimate form of intuition, but it always draws from what's what's known it is based on expert knowledge and by definition that means you keep contained you might have a different slant on the expert knowledge but even so it is contained mystical intuition is uncontained it's limitless Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and regarding the mystical intuition there are many ways from my personal experience, and Christopher as well, that that voice shows up. And I'm curious to hear your experience and your findings having created this film. What, what different ways could this intuition communicate with us in our daily lives?
0: Oh, cracking. You know, one thing that I've discovered about intuition is that it is both creative and persistent. It is creative in the various ways that it does present. It can be as profound and as dramatic as a voice, but it can also be as subtle as lyrics to a song playing on a speaker in a cafe. I mean, these are the ways Source can connect with you and it will try different ways to connect with you if it wants to get a message through to you. I mean, you know, something that you see on the side of a bus as it flashes past might just be that one thing that you need to trigger uh, a decision that you need to make. Um, synchronicity, coincidence, I mean, all of these things, dreams, the the various ways that that. Intuition, mystical intuition, connects with you. Um, many and varied, but that, it, it does come in dreams. It does come in synchronicities. It does come in coincidences. It comes in numerology. Um, you know, but it, but it's also it is a gut feeling. It is a heart a heart kind of pang. It is a sense of knowing. It can be a fleeting thought. There are a whole bunch of different ways. But like I say, intuition is creative and it's persistent. And if it wants to communicate with you, it won't. It won't let up.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. so so glad that you mentioned that, Bill. I think you know. As far as trying to tap into one's intuition, oftentimes we have these preconceived notions of what's going to happen. What should I expect? And I think the key word to highlight there is expect and expectations. And oftentimes, as you alluded to before, that the small self, as Paul mentions, gets in the way. And um, that's, I guess, what you can also define as the ego. So, you know, where right now at this point of consciousness and everything like that, what would you give, you know, what sort of advice would you give someone wanting to become more intuitive? Obviously dropping those expectations or what other advice would you give to them?
0: Well, look, there's a number of things that people, people can do. Um, One of the first things that they can do is they can start to pay attention to both um, what's happening externally around them and what's happening internally within them um really for you you see what's happening is that intuition is pinging you all the time i call it ddms direct divine messaging Mm -hmm. Mm, i love that (laughs) and it's pinging you all the time but if you're not paying attention then you're going to miss these pings you're going to miss these ddms um so number one is you've got to pay attention and then you've got to place significance on the little things that you would have otherwise dismissed. And you know, I think this is really important. You, you've, you've got to say, oh, um, gee, it was, a, it was a coincidence that I heard that song and that reminded me that I really do have to call that person. Um, and then you call that person and that person offers you a job or a business opportunity or something like that that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't connected that song. You know, these are the ways, the very, very subtle and complex ways that intuition works. But the other thing too that that uh, Carolyn Mace in my movie emphasizes is that you can't hope to be intuitive if you're messed up. You've really got to get your act together. You've mm-hmm. got to get rid of fear. You've got to get rid of anger. You've got to get rid of resentment, jealousy and competitiveness and all these things. And you've got to get to a point of self-esteem where you trust yourself because you can't hope to trust intuition Unless you trust yourself, mm-hmm. Kelly May says the number one thing when it comes down to intuition is trust. Do you trust yourself?
1: Mm.
2: Oh, I love that. I, you know, as a personal development coach, one of the main things that my clients struggle with is self trust, and so when topics of intuition do come up, there, they're always they'll tell me like, oh, you know, I have this intuitive insight or I, I feel like I received this message and but then all of a sudden it's followed by but I don't know if like and then suddenly yeah. they start thinking and processing and I always try to help bring them back to their body bring them back to stillness to kind of clean the slate and and allow information to come in but out of curiosity what would you what advice would you give to someone who struggles the most with doubting their own ability to be aware of their intuitive um gifts so to speak well
0: Sarah i think i think it's a little bit like saying saying to somebody who's never ever worked out you know go, go to the gym and start on small weights you know start on small workouts um, because what you're doing with intuition is you are developing a muscle um we all have intuition we're born with it it, it is innate to us but for many people it hasn't been used, it's been locked away and so what you've got to do is you've got to start to use it and the best thing to do is start to use it on small things and once you start to get the validation that intuition works on small things, gradually you'll build that muscle, you'll build that trust so that when the bigger decision comes along, come, the bigger decisions come along, you build up that bank of trust where you can then start to... Okay. okay, I'm going to run with this and see where it goes. Um, I, <laughs> I, one of the things that I do now, and, and I do it as a kind of a game, you know, we're coming up to the big holiday season and, and you go to the shopping centre and, and parking's always difficult. And, you know, you go to a big shopping mall and you think it's Christmas Eve and you think there's nowhere in the world that I'm going to get a park, much less a park close to the, the main entrance of the shop that I want to go to. And I challenge myself, and I go, I just I just invoke the parking angels, which, <laughs> as Lee Cowell says in my movie, um, you know, he, he places a lot of credence on the parking angels. Um, and he says it is an intuitive aspect of yourself. And you trust, and you follow your intuition, and lo and behold, you know, you turn into a row of cars, and everything is packed either side there's not one parking space and as you're going down suddenly somebody reverses pulls out of a parking space right opposite the main entrance of the main store that you want to go to (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know if you are in alignment if you are in energetic alignment this begins to happen to you more and more and i use it now almost as a gauge to see how much in alignment i am Mm. Now I would say just start start to have fun with intuition, play with it, play with it on little things, um, you know test yourself out and see where it leads.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and what are some of your own personal practices that you use to continue to strengthen or even just keep your intuition from running away? You know, I guess sometimes we, we get caught up in life, we get caught up in the small self, and sometimes we banish things without even realizing it. So what are some practices that you do on a daily basis, if any, that help you to continue to do that and to strengthen your intuition?
0: Yeah, that's, an, that's another good question, Chris. You know, because you're absolutely right. I, I mean, it was really interesting. I think it was Judith Orloff, Dr. Judith, Judith Orloff, who's a wonderful psychiatrist and a, and a psychic in her own right, she said even spiritual people have have to constantly recalibrate themselves and remind themselves of, of who they truly are. Um, and we, you know, as, as much as you would like to think that you are a spiritual person doing spiritual practice, you're absolutely right. We are living in the real world, and fear does kick in. You know, fear is the worst thing. Um, that's the thing that kills intuition stone stone dead. Um, and, Sarah, you talked before about stillness. I think the stillness is really very, very important. How you find that stillness doesn't necessarily mean meditating for 20 minutes in front of a candle. Mm -hmm. You know, it can simply be going for a walk and just concentrating on the rhythm of your steps or, or the rhythm of your breathing. Or it could just be, you know, sitting down and listening to a particular type of music, something that takes you out of yourself and reminds you that you are connected to an infinite power that wants to look after you. You see, Mm -hmm. what I've learned from the making of the film is that the primary function of intuition is to keep us alive and keep us safe from harm because I believe that we have been incarnated into this world for a particular purpose Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: the purpose of intuition is to keep us on track so that we can fulfil that purpose. Now, if we're... If we go off track, or if we if we get sick, or um, you know if we're waylaid for whatever reason, we're, we're off purpose. Intuition tries to, to bring us back. You know, it's difficult to be intuitive if you've got major health issues, and and intuition tries to say, right, you shouldn't eat that food. You should eat this food. You shouldn't eat so much. Put put less, <laughs> you know, put less <laughs> on your plate. Um, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have that second bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You you know, all of these things are intuitive guidance because our intuition is trying to keep us healthy so that we can fulfill the purpose for which we were born. Mm. Now, Chris, I don't know that I really adequately answered that question, Um, you know, because it is a constant thing really. One of the things that I do and I, I've got to say, Michael Tamura, who's interviewed in my film, has really sort of taught me this, is every now and again I start, I, I kind of flip into this other space where I see my spirit guides and my angels around me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, if you believe that there are other realms that are, as Paul Selling talks about, <coughs> pardon me, he talks about octaves, you know, mm-hmm. and, and higher octaves and so forth, and... I mean, if you if you liken it to sound, we can hear certain frequencies, but there are other frequencies of sound that we just simply can't hear, and it's the same with the vibrational field, the spiritual vibrational field. So, every now and again, I think, okay, I'm surrounded by my spirit guides, and my masters, and my angels. I better be nice to that person. <laughs> <laughs> even, even though they're giving me a hard time at the moment, I'm really, I've really got to respond in a, you know, very kind and gentle manner, because I'm being watched. Now, I, I truly do do this, and it has changed my behaviour.
2: It's almost I mean, like I, your own personal accountability partners.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you know, look, if you if you if you do believe that you've got angels around you at all times, and they're tuning in to what you're doing and what you're thinking and and what you're saying, well, you know, that's a real, for me anyway, that's a really, really good incentive for me to try and be a better person.
2: Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. How would you say your life has changed since really opening yourself up to this world of intuition?
0: Well, my family thinks I've become boring. (laughs) (laughs) Boring, I'd call it exciting. I'd call it quite <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> yeah, um, they, they liked, I think they, they liked the former me that was a lot more profane and mm-hmm. wild and out there and so forth. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, my wife says I've become a better driver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's always good. <laughs> but
0: I think probably one way to describe it, Sarah, is I listen more and I talk less. Mm. and um and i hope anyway i really hope and i have to work at this sometimes i hope that i've taken judgment out of out of my personal equation
1: Mm.
0: you know because i now see everybody around me as being like me and that is an aspect of divine energy Mm -hmm. Uh, if you see people that way then how can you judge them So what I try and do is I try and, 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 you know, look, once again, Chris, as you said earlier, you know, we're all human. (laughs) We all are subject to the vagaries of life and the pressures of life and so forth, and sometimes it's difficult and you really do have to consciously remind yourself of these things. Um, But, you know, if you do that and if you try, then that's the best you can do really, isn't
1: it? Mm. You got it. Absolutely. And I'm really want to hit on the point that you made that you listen more rather than talk. And I think by just doing that alone activates your intuition or allows you to tap into it at a much deeper level than when we're constantly having conversation or engaged in some manner.
2: It's like becoming the observer for that moment. And that allows that space to receive.
0: Well, it also gives the other person respect as well, and it gives them dignity. Um, and I regard a conversation as being successful if I come away from it, and I've said very little, and they've said, and they've and they've told me their their life story. I had to go to a um, a pre Christmas party the other day, and um, I had to meet all of these people that I'd never met before, and so. I would ask them questions, and I would listen to their stories. And people love talking about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it gives them power, and that's a wonderful thing, for them to have power and talk about themselves and talk about their lives. And everyone else is far more interesting than I am. Far more interesting. You know, so so that's one of the things that I think probably has changed.
2: Mm. It's such a beautiful beautiful world to explore. And like you said, it's innately within us. And so I like to encourage everyone to who's listening to this now to get curious about the different ways that your intuition may fire up and um, spend time observing your life and spend time witnessing, seeing what comes up for you. Does it come in the form of that voice or visions or sounds, songs, lyrics, whatever it is, what it's almost like you can keep track too throughout the day. What interesting messages have I received today? And just ponder about it, explore, experiment, have fun. You know, like you were saying, Bill, earlier about – choosing to explore with small things and just test test it out see what happens because there's obviously no risk involved um and as you build that confidence what a wonderful thing to take bigger quote-unquote risks although i I almost wonder if that doesn't even really exist it's our illusion of fear of the risk that makes it exist but anyway (laughs) that's another topic um but bill go ahead were you gonna add something there
0: well, one of the things, one of the really important things that Carolyn May says in my movie is she she talks about this, this concept of what is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a bad thing? So we think that um, having financial hardship is a bad thing, but maybe it, is what you need to trigger yourself to move into another aspect of your life that becomes far more rewarding in other ways. Mm. So what we think is a bad thing isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, And Paul Selig in his latest book, The Book of Freedom, talks about this as well, Mm -hmm. you know, that um, once again you take judgment out of it. And if you start to look at your life that way, then... What happens is you lose regret.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, know, so, so, you know, so many times people become embittered as they get older because they look back on their life and they think, oh, if I'd done this or if I'd done that, and they have these huge regrets. But if they look at it another way and think, oh, crikey, you know, if that hadn't, if that hadn't happened, then I wouldn't have gone there and I wouldn't have met that person or I wouldn't have had that experience or, you know, and so forth. We are a product of all of our experiences. And as Mm -hmm. Paul says in his latest book, every encounter is a teacher. That very, very simple sentence, every encounter is a teacher. If you start to look at life that way, it really does impact, it can impact really quite profoundly on every encounter that you have. Mm.
2: Yes, we love to refer to those events as evolutionary catalysts, you <laughs> know, having have we all have them and when we can find that silver lining like you were saying it makes it Seem you see the purpose of it, and you see how you've grown because of it. And who are we to say anyway, with our small self's mind, what is good or bad, when from a higher octave view, you were speaking of octaves earlier, it's all perfect. It's all mm-hmm. happening for this cosmic plan and web within our own lives and the collective to unfold in the way that it needs to. And that's directly related to intuition and this whole space of how we connect with our true selves and in what ways we're aware of that connection of our true self. And it's, what a pleasant way to live, to, to be able to pull ourselves out of the experience as if It's happening, and to kind of just view it like, oh, well, this is interesting. What's what could come from this? Well, I always (laughs) like
1: using that same thing that everybody, a lot of the spiritual teachers talk about, and it's just really just who are you in the movie? Who are you in the play? And pulling yourself out and viewing it like it is a movie, and Mm -hmm. from that perspective, you really get a grand view on life. And I think as a collective, we've just made these agreements to what is good or bad, right or wrong, and all that, and we're just going going with it. Because society tells us that's what it is, but um, we can change that.
0: We can change that, and that's interesting, Chris. Because when you when you look at your life as a story, you know, and you being a player in that story, um, one of the takeouts from that is that number one, you can change the story. You know, you can Mm -hmm. change the ending of the story, you can change the middle act. Um, But number two, um, you don't take it so seriously. It's only a story, and there are going to be other stories. There are going to be other lifetimes. Um, you know, so there's no need to get so upset about about the little things or the big things as well.
2: You know, I want to kind of ask you this question because some listeners might be curious who are new to this realm of intuition. You know, you mentioned you touched on free will there for a moment, and so they might be wondering what's, what's the relationship between intuition and free will when it sometimes seems as though intuition is part of something that's already happened, yet we have this degree of choice too. So I'm curious to get your perspective.
0: Well, look, the reason that I called the film, um, PGS intuition is your personal guidance system is that I believe that it is a guidance system. It is there to guide you, but Almost by definition, the, the term guidance means that we have, the, we have the propensity to not listen to that guidance or not follow that guidance. Mm-hmm. That's where free, will and choice comes in. Um, intuition is there to guide us, but we don't necessarily have to, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you, let, <laughs> let's take a GPS in a car, for instance, you know, and you, and you plug in where you want to go. And up comes the route guidance, you know, saying you should take this road here and that road there. And you go, ah, no, I've got a shortcut. You know, I'm going to do this and this. <laughs> and then you follow the shortcut and then you realise that, oh, bloody hell, that road's blocked. I forgot that. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, gee, there's, um, there's a traffic jam down, down, down that road that I thought was going to be a shortcut. And you r- begin to realise that, in fact, the guidance that you got in the first place would have got you there faster and easier. And it's the same with intuition. Um, you know, we can we can choose to ignore our intuition and think that we know better. But, you know, invariably, um, James Van Praag in my movie talks about how you can choose to step off your path and go down to a lake and sit by the lake and you know, look at the lovely calm waters and so forth. But at some point, he says, your higher self, an aspect of your intuition is going to tap you on the shoulder and say, oh, come on, it's time to get back on that path again. And it's Mm -hmm. going to lead you back onto your path of purpose. I mean, some people refute intuition, refute that guidance and live their life through free will and choice And some people have very successful, happy lives. Other people have lives that are full of struggle and hardship and misery. I do think that a lot of the major health issues, both physical health and mental health issues that are in the world today are because people haven't listened to their guidance.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they've used this option of free will to shift away from their intuitive promptings and follow a path in life that's led them to ill health and depression and and all sorts of things.
1: Hmm. I like that you mentioned that. I think the longer that we are off the path, um, the easier it is to follow our free will, you know, if we ever were on the path, which we are innate, as you mentioned, to having intuition, but we pass through this vow of forgetting we come, you know, down to this earth school, so we call it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think. I think just tapping back into that can do us wonders. I know it has for our lives. And I encourage the listeners, people listening to this right now to really um, take a step back and really tap into um, yourself more and do the things that feel right to you to really get this PGS back into your life and use it for the greater good of yourself and all that is. So, um, you know, Bill, I just really appreciate the way you've really broke down this topic and explained a lot of this stuff. And again, the film, I encourage people to go and watch. I think it's really great for people that just have all of these questions to go a little bit deeper on. And so One, how can our our audience view this film? And two, what are some things that you're working on now um, that maybe support this work or further this work or whatever else that might be? Any updates?
0: Well, thank you. Um, Well, the film now has uh, is now available online, and the way to look at the film is um, it can be you can rent it or buy it. Uh, from the website, pgsthemovie.com, pgsthemovie.com. I have written an accompanying book that includes a lot of what's in the movie but expands on it as well, and that's available on Amazon, and that's uh, same title, PGS, Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System, so that's on Amazon. Um, we are starting to do workshops because I do think that... Um, education is a really important aspect of this. Uh, it's one thing to make a film and to talk about it in sort of conceptual terms. It's something else to help people in a very real and practical way um, bring intuition into their life. I think, Chris, why not you see... You see, I'm not... <laughs> how can I say this? Um, I'm not an expert, I'm not somebody with particular special gifts. I'm not like a James Van Praag or a Paul Selig or Lee Carroll or, um, you know, these people who have particular psychic gifts. Um, What I do have is I have an everyman uh, point of view. And I I am, I guess, through my journalistic and filmmaking background, I am able to take complex issues and subjects, and without in any way demeaning or belittling or diminishing them, bring them into a form that is more accessible to general people. And that's what I believe my function is in making this film. Mm. Um, I found intuition to be incredibly difficult to figure out, and I'm still figuring it out, but I (laughs) I, I think I've got more of a handle on it than I did before. But I guess what my job is is to do that, is to do the, the hard slog and kind of, you know, do all reading, meet all these people, talk to all these people and take what is really a confusing and fearful term and mm-hmm. concept and bring it back into a form that people can integrate into their lives in a very real and practical way mm-hmm. and that's what I'm trying to do.
2: Well, you're really nailing it. You're doing a great job, and we really highly value the work that you're doing. That accessibility is so important to bridge that gap from the clouds to the earth. (laughs) And And
1: then, you know, the people that maybe follow your work and and then want to take it to the next level, there are people for that. And so it's just this bridge and this stepping stone, so to say. So again, we, uh, as Sarah just mentioned, really appreciate the work that you do and um, think it's very important and, and really wish you the best on continuing to spread this message. Um, and I urge all of our listeners to check out the film. Jump on it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Chris and Sarah. Um, you two are doing fantastic work as well. You know, so um, so we just, um, we just move forward each day, hey?
1: We're all playing our part. <laughs>
2: all playing our part. Thanks so much, Bill, for coming on.
0: Well, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you.
2: Great conversation, great guest, wonderful interview, loved this episode. I hope you guys took a lot from this and can apply it to your own life. And once again, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please go to our channel and subscribe so that you are notified when new episodes are released. And while you're at it, leave us a review. Have a beautiful day.